Hi guys and welcome to this episode of the No Bullshit Anxiety Talk Show. My guest today is Melissa Drake. Melissa was a previous guest also. She's an absolute legend and a blast to talk to. So when I saw she recently published a new book, uh, I knew I had to ask her to come on and chat with me again. And I'm very honored that she did. The book is called Transcendence Dance, Lessons from Living, Loving and Dancing. It's all about her recovery from a severe depression, which saw her taking close to 1,000 pills a month. You cannot not like Melissa. And even if dancing isn't your thing, it's certainly not for me. The lessons throughout are extremely relevant and applicable to all. And who knows, maybe you do love to dance, or maybe it will inspire you enough to try it out, and you'll soon find out that you love it, and it's gonna help you create a massive transformation in your life. We also talk about coronavirus, because how could you not? as well as a range of other topics around anxiety, depression, and mental health. Now, I apologize, my language is appalling in this one. Listening back, I can't believe how many times I said the word fuck, but that's how I talk when I'm relaxed and enjoying the conversation, so really, you can blame Melissa for that. If you enjoyed the episode, please do subscribe, share it with your friend, it means an awful lot. If you take a minute to review, it would be extremely appreciated. And if you need support for your anxiety at all, just hop on over to nickycullen.com. There's lots of free stuff. There's other deals going there. Uh, Loads of articles to read as well that can help you out. Um, And that's all I really have to say. I hope this finds you in good spirits in spite of all the madness going on. And I hope you're gonna find value from this chat. Cheers. Like, it's pretty good. Crazy times. Crazy, crazy, fucking crazy times. Yeah. Yep. Jesus Christ. <laughs> totally. That's my thoughts exactly. I mean, <laughs> fuck me. I thought the last decade was bad. I know. <laughs> I know. And they just extended the... Um, Shelter in place till April thirtieth. Yeah, they in did that. The in, US. They did that in Ireland too. Really? Yeah. Till the um, for the resurrection, isn't it? Is that Easter Sunday? Uh no, Easter Sunday is the twelfth. They they extended oh, it to the thirtieth. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Right, Another month. Oh, a month. Oh, you, oh, wait, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ireland did a it to the, to the, for two more weeks, and I assume okay. we'll extend it later on, right, because right, because this, um, this whole thing is just nuts beyond belief, like, <laughs> yeah, fucking hell, remember the days where you could just walk into a shop and, like, shake someone's hand, <laughs> or hug them, like, I miss, hug so much oh it's terrible yeah Mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's just insane like there's no wrapping your head around it you kind of have to laugh at it a bit a little bit but it is like there's serious implications on the economy 
Um, yep. Obviously, on people who are locked up and not just doing too well, and on anxiety as a whole, um, I feel like I've got it on lockdown. I'm not like feeling anxious about this or anything, but you know, I also feel like my whole life has prepared me for this, right? A lot right. of people who've never experienced anxiety or anything before are just losing their minds right now, got into Absolutely. a world of panic. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. So are you at, are you, where are you? Are you at home on I'm your in own? California. I'm, I'm, at, yeah, I live alone. Okay. Um, I live in Fullerton. Yep. So you're self-isolating. Yep. How's that? Well, <clears throat> oddly, it's not really different from my normal life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, since I live alone and work from home, um, it's not that different, but it feels very different. Yeah, because the choice, um, the option is taken away. Yeah. So, like the you know the ecstatic dance and the events that I normally go to, I can't do any of that. And you know everybody's posting all this family stuff and love stuff, and it's just like ugh. Oh really? You know, like yeah. Like Jeez. I would love to be able to play board games with someone. You know what I mean? Or be able to do those kind of things that families are enjoying now yeah i don't probably for a day and then it'd get really old and yeah, and then, then i'd want, want my life back you're, you're stuck with your family and there's tension rising <laughs> i feel there's pros and cons oh it's always you know the grass is always greener on the other side you know i'm i'm grateful that i have my own space and i'm in charge and all that good stuff but i also lost my job Oh, so I had a very lucrative client contract that ended just as I was uploading the, like literally as I was uploading the book. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a very, very uncertain time in yeah. all the way around. Yeah. For, for everybody. I'm sorry to hear that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I lost, I, I, I do some copywriting on the side as well. I lost some contracts. Um, and and deals that I've been working on for ages and they just (laughs) but uh, it is what it is and um, it's not easy for anyone I don't think we should endure I think one of the most important things to remember out of all of this is that you know like our lives are kind of tragic like if you look Mm -hmm. back in, in throughout history it's it's tragedy, right? If you take your right. take your head out your ass and look beyond your own little comfort, right, which has been right. challenged now, and look to countries like Africa or you know anywhere where there's war going on or anything like that. That's or like just big cities where they have slums and people are killing each other and blah blah blah. It's like human life is tragic, and it, it it has always been this way. Um, and I think now, obviously, this is testing a lot of people whose lives may not have, they might have not seen or have their eyes open to that tragedy or whatever. And um, that, that brings with it a lot of discomfort. And I think there's also a lot of passing on, right? You know, like, oh, I should be feeling anxious or yes. just go like <clears throat> sharing the, the anxiety is way more contagious than the virus because everybody is Agreed. just 
doesn't shut up on social media. That's, that's why I like I I freaked out last week. I'm like I have to get off. Like that's why I had to reschedule because I was just like on the verge of a breakdown. I'm like I can't. I have to take some time off. Yeah, for, and it's the first ever social media break I've ever taken. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I've taken like maybe twelve hours on accident, um, but I've oh, yeah, never taken. Yeah, when you were sleeping. I've never taken a full day. I took four complete days off. Yeah, because like you're a big four. advocate of social media, right? When we talked Huge. last time, you, absolutely. Yeah, you see all the positives in it. When I see the negatives, yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I, um, I deleted my Instagram permanently. I saw your post about <laughs> that. That was a really good post. Yeah. Thanks. And then uh, the other day, I was just fucking bored, and I was just like, so I created one for my dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I was here going, shit, I kind of regret deleting it now, but I really want to just see what's going on in the world through the eyes right. of Instagram and, and how that's playing out differently to Facebook, because I, st I still think there's that massive vanity thing with Instagram. <clears throat> Uh, whereas Facebook is just now pushing the fear and I'm here going, oh, for fuck's sake, did I get off the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll we'll stay with the dog for a while and I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, might do something with that, but right now she's grand. Uh, <laughs> just chilling. What's her Instagram handle? Uh, pepperoni the dog, but I spelled pepperoni wrong mistakes happen oh that's funny yeah she's she's only got two posts up there <laughs> i'll check it out she took magic mushrooms the other day um, oh, no. <laughs> she didn't really but she was lying on rocks <laughs> and it looked like she might as well uh, uh -huh. so we're here to talk about your book congratulations thank you transcendence yeah that that's a uh, very exciting times mm -hmm. you must be very proud of yourself i am i really am like i um have been thinking about this book for the last five years yeah. and um so i'm really happy with the way it came together it came together differently than i expected it to mm -hmm. um and that's that, just part of the process. Is that fighting with your editor? I was, um, I don't want to say fighting with my editor, but I was um, challenged in the best possible way from my editor. So a good editor gets the best story out of you. Yeah, for sure. And so and initially when I planned to write this book, I planned to write it about my recovery from depression, yada, yada, yada. And then when I when I wrote the first draft of Transcendence, it was really just about dance. And it was kind of all over the place. And my editor was like, where are you in this story? Where's your message? Where's your story? So it ended up being both more. It's like part memoir. It has a lot of my recovery stories in there. A lot of stories I wasn't planning on ever seeing the light of day. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but 
were integral to the story. There were there were many times where he was like, I have no context for this. Like, where are you coming at with this lesson? Like, where where did this come from? And so it was necessary to share the backstory that got me to that place. Um, and that was challenging. Like, as as an editor myself, I do that for other people all the time. But I haven't ever been on that side of it before. I have, of course, in the corporate environment, um, but not with such a personal story. Mm-hmm. And it was, <clears throat> it was a big deal. Like it was, it was very humbling and uh, challenging. Yeah. But I mean, the original, the first draft of the books was twenty thousand words, and. The final draft was almost forty-five thousand words. Okay, so, so he pulled some was, shit out of you. <laughs> he did. He pulled a lot of. Yeah, it was a guy. Um, uh, oddly enough, a Facebook friend. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, I'm not lying about when I say I'm really close to my Facebook friends. This was someone I had met online, and then uh, when I was on my road trip in 2016. I swung, like, I purposefully took a different route on the way home so I could swing by and meet him. I met him, we had a great time, and we've kind of stayed in touch through Facebook. And then just recently, right before I started the book, actually, he was in California. We spent the day together, and he happened to edit an article that I wrote. <clears throat> and um, I've never met anyone that edits like me until I met Sean. And um, when he edited that story of mine, I was like, okay, this is the guy who's going to edit my book. And he's also a coach and has a background in 12-step recovery. So he had the perfect combination, and he's a screenwriter. So he had the perfect combination of skills to really make sure it was a good story, that it was, and, and his grammar is way better than mine, which... I didn't think that was possible, but it is. <laughs> oh, you're one of those grammar police. Oh, I am. I totally am. <laughs> I totally am. But it's not nearly as easy to find your own mistakes as it is to find. No, other it's not. You're mistakes. blinded. Um, mm-hmm. And it's good to have that objective opinion as well and some of the challenge you. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's awesome. I haven't read the whole book, but what I have read, I've loved it. It's really honest, really raw. Um, and I know we've, we've chatted before and I, I feel like I know you a little bit I mean you're kind of just an open bubbly lovely person so it's, 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 it's very easy to kind of just fit in and feel relaxed and comfortable around you and I think that kind of comes through in the book as well so congratulations oh, um, it's an amazing accomplishment so I think we should rewind a little bit to just give a, a, a just a brief overview of your story and then i think when when people are hearing transcendence they're thinking transcendence but it's actually transcend dance it's a play in the world dance. transcendence this is about dancing people um, yes so maybe you just give a little bit of a background just brief background to kind of what what got you there why you arrived absolutely so i um I suffered from depression for decades, most of my life, honestly. Um, I was heavily medicated for over 20 years, and we're talking almost a 1,000 pills a month. 
that I was taking. Yeah. Five different psych meds and, and many other meds that I was taking for depression, anxiety, um, antipsychotics, ADHD, stuff to sleep, like you name it, I was taking it. Whoa. And I, <clears throat> I got chronically ill with a horrible digestive disease that caused me to lose 110 pounds in nine months time. And I was having menstrual problems and like all of this stuff was going on. And my son left to go to college. Like all of this happened at the same time. It was the perfect storm. Oddly perfect enough, shit storm. It, was, it, was, <laughs> it was exactly what it was. It was a shit storm. And there's a story behind that too. But I had met someone in an empty nest moms group. So I joined this empty nest moms group and like immediately upon joining, I realized like, oh, I am not like these other moms. All these other moms are stressed the fuck out that they're, they don't have kids. They don't feel like they have a life anymore. And I'm over here going, hallelujah, I can breathe. My son is gone. I've been a single mom since he was two. His senior year was incredibly, incredibly tough for both of us. Um, we're talking mental health issues, addiction issues, multiple arrests. And um, <clears throat> I've never been arrested, but my son wasn't the only one with addiction and mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So by the time graduation rolled around, and this is a kid that I couldn't stand, you know, I had a hard time. I was fine when he went to his dad's every other weekend, but anything longer than that, I would be like, oh my God, where's my son? I can't handle it. Okay, so you had and, severe separation anxiety. Well, except by the time graduation rolled around, I was like, you gotta go. It's time for you to get out of Dodge. And he ended up moving to Florida to go to trade school and live with his father. And so I'm, I'm in this empty nest moms group and they're all like, oh my God, I can't stand it. I'm like, Hallelujah. I am so excited. I can breathe. I can dance. I can do whatever. And um, so I made a bold post in this emptiness moms group. And I, I, I shared what was a really vulnerable truth is particularly in light of what was going on with all the other moms. And a woman named Lori reached out to me via messenger. And she was like, I feel like you're telling me my story. Like, our lives were so very similar. We're both single moms of only sons. We both lost both of our parents. And we happened to live about 45 miles, 45 minutes from each other. So we started talking and then we started dancing and we formed this group of moms that dance. So dancing was the medicine that I needed to heal. Like I literally could not wait to get on the dance floor every Friday night. And the more that I danced, the more that I realized it was healing me in so many ways. So this was back in 2013, 14, um, 2015, I really started getting into it. And it was to the point where I would go dancing all by myself. Like I, it, it really wasn't about, a lot of people think of when you go to the club, it's to be picked up or seduced or, you know, there's all kinds of shenanigans that happen in the bar. Um, and I've done that. Like there's a whole section of the book about that. That was what was called back in the day dancing. But then during this time, it was really all about recovery. 
And I didn't realize it at the time, but what happens when you're dancing is it's hard to not be present and in your body when you're dancing. Uh, that is, of course, if you're not using liquid courage, which many people do, and I was one of them oh. for a long time too. Um, but it's it's really hard. You have to be present when you're dancing, and I'm so rarely present, and I was so rarely in my body that just the experience of dancing proved to be very healing for me. So <clears throat> then I ended up moving from Des Moines, Iowa to California. And dancing in California is a completely different experience. For one, it's not just on the weekends. You can go dancing whenever, wherever you want. And there's lots of conscious dancing activities. And when I say conscious, I mean activities like a static dance where mm -hmm. there's no drug or alcohol. Um, oh, and drugs, it's a very... Yeah. Well, well, that's a whole, yes, there's a whole series of ecstatic dance that includes drugs as part of the process. And that's fun, too. Like, you know, that's, that's totally fun, too. But there's, there's all these different segments, like California is so awesome, because no matter how weird you are, or whatever yeah, you want to do, like, so you can do it here. Yeah, there, it's, it's amazing. I love it. The, yeah. the first activity I did when I got to California was the static dance, and I was blown away. I was like, oh, these are my people. <laughs> these yeah. are so great. That's awesome. I remember, I yeah. like, because I, I think like Americans are a lot um, more open. Like, you know, you talk about crazy in the book, and I like growing up in Ireland, you think like, I remember going on holidays to, uh, I think it was Orlando in Florida. And walking around the Virgin Megastore, and you know they were just playing live music, and all, like all of a sudden, or, or not all of a sudden, but like people were just dancing in the Virgin Megastore the on their own, and I was just yeah. here going like, "What the fuck is this?" Yes. Like what the fuck? If I had any, like, you know, I knew America was a little bit crazy on the television and stuff like that, but I, I had no idea. That, like, if, if you walked into a Virgin Mega store in Dublin and just saw people dancing around the store on their own, you'd be just here going like, what, what have I, you know, like, I've just stepped off the planet into another one. Um, yes, it very much is. And California is even more different than that. Like, it, it really is like different planet especially coming from the midwest which is very conservative it's very traditional and california is not that no that's and that's cool. beautiful yeah as far as i'm concerned awesome so so you always love dance and then you just kind of like really stepped it up a notch with i guess I your entry and... into it was from the single nesting or the what's it called the empty nest empty nest so that's when all the kids leave home and, no, and yeah typically the parents are left yeah so the other thing that happened is in the last year i started taking lessons with a partner um i actually started taking private lessons because i had learned that i'm not very good at following i am a born leader. natural leader i am not a good follower and it taught me so much about myself 
about my own traumas, about my own codependency and my own tendency to take care of things and not be in the flow. All right, so okay, that's really dancing interesting. is, yeah, dancing is about, you know, communication with your partner, but I'm so used to controlling everything and overstepping and managing and, and making shit happen that it's very challenging for me to allow dance, to mm. allow the flows. Again, you have to be present. Like often when I dance with a partner, I'll close my eyes because it keeps me from trying to control things. When I, my eyes are closed, I'm, I'm, it's easier for me to mirror what my partner is doing. Mm. So, so <clears throat> that was just a whole nother experience of you know, dancing with a partner. And what I realized is that dancing is really the same as getting a lead from the universe. And how often do we, you know, they say we have plans, show God your plans and he laughs. It's the same thing with universe, the universe and dancing. So if you're trying to control it and stepping on your partner's toes versus just being present and open and poised to move when the universe moves you or when your partner moves you. There were so many parallels to the universe and dance that I just, I, I had to write about it. Okay, awesome. Now we're going to get into the universe stuff in a minute. Um, because okay. because I, I, I you, as you know, I have some understanding uh, problems with that. Um, and I want a little bit of help clarifying. But we, All right. we, are you basically saying like, because what's coming up for me there is right. Okay, there, there's a lot of life lessons that you got from dancing. And one of them was your inability to, to let go of control or be vulnerable or ask for help or ask for assistance because you were too stubborn and maybe your ego played too large a role and essentially worked against you. And, you know, this was your pathway to, to discover that and kind of let down the barriers and just let shit unfold. And that's exactly it. Fuck, I'm good. Literally, that's exactly it. Okay. In That's fact, really there's cool. a, one of the chapters I specifically talk about allowing shit to unfold. So when I did a, a month-long road trip in 2016, I, I spent a month on the road just going wherever I felt called. And when I came back, I had these three mantras for living, which is live your truth, let your intuition lead, and make shit happen. And those are my mantras for a really long time. And then I did all of this study in the law of attraction. Well, making shit happen goes against the law of attraction. We're not supposed to make shit happen. We're supposed to allow shit to unfold. And again, like living my truth and letting intuition lead, like I know that I can trust myself, right? That's a control thing. And it also goes back to a single mom thing and making my own money and doing all of those things on my own. It's really hard for me to accept help from someone else. But when you think of the law of attraction, it's really about 
being in that receptive mode and allowing things to come to you versus pushing and shoving and trying to get make shit happen. Mm. So that was a huge wake up call for me. It was like, oh, <laughs> I've had this wrong the whole time. Yeah. We certainly self-sabotage ourselves a lot on the, the kind of concept of time and trying to force things and make things happen and think that um, we should be here and we're only here and the comparison right. and all that kind of bullshit that has exploded and caused a wave of mental health problems due to social media. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Agree yes. or disagree. But um, yes. yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, um, it's kind of fascinating. I love how you just like found what works for you and just went with it and just embrace it fully. And I always say, like, I, I always say, it doesn't like, you know, I might have different views or whatever, but it, it doesn't matter what I or what anybody else thinks. The only thing that matters is the fucking story in your head and getting to right. a place where you have a story that kind of works for you. Exactly. That, yeah. So for me, bollocks. yeah, initially dancing was just a way to um, just shake off the excess energy. Like I'm so used to accepting um, the emotions, uh, not only my own, but other people and to be able to dance and like just rid my body of this excess Stuff, like the the one stagnation like getting rid of stagnation but also getting rid of this this charge that I was always walking around with it dancing is just a really good way to let that go yeah for sure I, I, I fully get that I mean I'm not a dancer myself but I you know like you, you have it we walk around with this excess negative energy within us and we allow yes. it to compound over time and you know you don't need me to tell you what happens the longer we let that go on but uh, yeah it's not good shit storms that's what happened <laughs> so if um once you find something that you can do and love that allows that energy to kind of just fall off you and bring joy and kind of yes. creates an opening for joy in your life then that's a pretty cool thing but i always think one of the one of the you know, the first things we forget when we become anxious, when we become depressed, um, whatever negative emotions is that like, oh, hang on, you're allowed to have fun and we punish ourselves further and we put ourselves into an ever-ending pit, pit piss of shit, but an, end, a never -ending pit of shit, right? And then like, and it becomes in increasingly more difficult to, to crawl out of and we cling to the yeah. identity then of depression of anxiety which kind of forces us into it more and more yes and then we end up spending 10 years there i mean I'm, i think there's like, oh, I most people will spend 10 years before they actually decide right i'm really going to do something about that um so yeah no i'm so glad you brought that up because that was a big a big part of my story too for a most of my life, I fought for depression. I fought for and against the stigma of mental health and mm -hmm. trying to banish that. You know, it's it's a fight, right? So then I decided I would fight for joy. 
And one of my favorite quotes from Gabrielle Bernstein um, in her new book, Super Attractor, is when you, when, you, um, when you start from joy, you are led, right? Um, but even in the same thing of fighting for joy, I'm still not allowing. You know, I'm still, like, anytime we fight for something, even if it's something positive, we're still coming at it with this, this extra energy that's unnecessary versus just being joyful. And I can tell you that I'm not good at being in general. I was, I was brought up that we have to always be productive and we have to always work hard and um, things don't come easy. So just being and allowing have been a challenge for me. Okay. Yeah, and in the book you say crazy is a word. This is a quote from the book. I had it like marked because I, I find it quite uh -huh. interesting. Crazy is a word I used to own quite affectionately, I might add. Um, I made a home for the depressive disorders that shaped me and made me crazy, in inverted commas. Uh, the more I fought for these disorders and against their stigma, the more I experienced them in greater degrees. So let's just unwrap that shit because I think there's a lot in it. And I, I think, yeah. you know, this is, you're not unique in this, right? A no. lot of people no. are fighting for this shit and it's, it's end up rebounding and causing them a hell of a lot more pain in the long run. An awful yeah. lot of people. Absolutely. And, and not just people, we're talking media. corporations and, uh, you know, everybody out there for the most part is doing it. But when you think about the law of attraction and what you focus on expands, the more you focus on your depression or your anxiety, you're bound to get more of it. So uh, the, the one thing that really helped me um, when I really started getting serious about recovery was a gratitude journal. So simply making three a note every day of three things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. When you're depressed, it's really hard to see those things. Um, I literally spent seven years where all I did was went to work and came home and went to bed. I didn't take care of my house. I didn't take care of my laundry. I didn't take care of my son. I didn't take care of anything except go to work and I would be an extremely high performer at work and do really well and then I would come home and go to bed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I opened up my eyes to and it, it it happened through Facebook honestly like I purposefully avoided Facebook for so long mostly because my boss at the time was um a fanatic and she talked about it all the time and I didn't want her to know what my life was really like because mm -hmm. I didn't have a life outside of work I went to work and I came home and went to bed and so I didn't join Facebook for the longest time and then I finally I lost both of my parents in the same year and um, it was about a year and a half later I finally joined Facebook and um, in doing that, I started researching and connecting with people. I joined a lot of closed groups and in a closed Facebook group, you can, 
you can be a lot more open than you can on your regular page. You mm -hmm. don't have to worry about your friends or family seeing your comments. So I was in a lot of depression groups and I saved some lives, literally just using my own story and the power of my words. And that was, that was pretty cool. And, uh -huh. and the people in the group saved my life as well. And so it was just like, okay. And so I, st I stopped watching TV. I started reading. And what I learned is that <clears throat> one of the things I talked about in the book is that I, I always knew or understood I was depressed, but it wasn't because I was depressed. It was more like I was different and I didn't really fit in. So when I started doing all this reading on social media, I learned that what I really was is an empath and a highly sensitive person who was repressing and suppressing who I am. I wasn't depressed. I was repressed and suppressed. But because I didn't fit in, because I was I was weird, I'm very strange in, in terms of sensitivities. <laughs> like, I mean, from the moment I could talk, I was told, oh, you're so sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. Why do you have to take everything so personally? Okay. Um, even my boss, who was a CEO, said to me, you know, if you're going to be sensitive that day, do something so you won't be sensitive. So, like, I was taught to shut down my emotion and to shut down who I am. Well, that's fucking uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know? So when, when I'm doing that and I'm going to all these psychologists and, and therapists and their label is depression, anxiety, here, take some pills. And I understood that I would have to take those pills for the rest of my life. Okay. Like I, I literally understood that that okay. was, I would, beg, sleep, and chase woke for the rest of my life. And I haven't taken those pills since January of 2016. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And do you credit, yeah. do you credit dance to all that? you yes. got to credit yourself dance, as well, right? Yeah. Well, dance and Facebook, honest to God. Like, Facebook gave me a brand new community of people. And the thing about people you meet on Facebook is that they see you for who you are, not who you were in third grade, not who your mom wants you to be, not who your brother told you to be. Not They don't judge you for these things in the past. They see you as, as who you are and who you're aspiring to be. Mm -hmm. That's and true. so... It yeah, it gave me a whole new um, a whole new community, and my Facebook friends aren't just Facebook friends. Like I have traveled around the U.S. and people from around the world have traveled to visit me. Like they were real friends, hmm. um, which is weird because a lot of people think like, well, they're just Facebook friends. They're not friends. No, they're they're real. Like we hmm. are good friends. We talk outside of social media and um it just it brought me a a new life That's so awesome. it was it was dance and i mean even the even facebook was what facilitated me dancing again it was me meeting Lori in the empty desk moms group and her saying hey we should go dancing okay 
you know, that that's how, how easy it was yeah. or challenging, you know, depending on how you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. We look at the glass half full for the moment. Yes, um, absolutely. Wow. So with regards to, cause you're, you would define yourself as a spiritual person. Right. Is a universe person like you're a big advocate of the universe? To me, the universe to me, I mean, I'm also a Christian, um, but I believe in witchcraft. So, like, I I believe in like so many different things. What the fuck? What's <laughs> so, witchcraft? to me, the universe is God. The universe is spirit. The universe is the higher power. The universe is whatever that means. To so, you. it is your religion. Yes, but I, I don't like the word religion. Yeah, but it's replaced. You know, it, you know, instead, like, it's what you have faith in. Yeah, it's my medicine, like literally. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, the universe is the universe has always been a weird one for me. Um, I think if it helps, great. You know, if God helps, great. I'm, I would say I'm kind of agnostic. Um, but there's a lot of studies that say, like, you know, having faith is amazing for your mental health. So, absolutely, you know, it doesn't matter what you are. Like, you know, Islam, Buddhism, it, it, whatever works for you. That's all. Right. It's all cool. The universe. Struggling to, to me, the universe so. is just kind of a catch-all term for all of that. Okay. All the stuff you just said. And do you pray, then, or is that like gratitude, your form I of prayer? I do pray. I do meditate, and I think journaling is one of the best things you can do as a form of prayer or meditation. I do a lot of intention setting and releasing, so I'm. I'm big into the moon cycle. So with the uh -huh. new moon, I always set intentions and full moon. I always, this is what I'm planning to release. I do rituals. I do all that kind of stuff. Very good. Um, so the, the, the universe just encapsulates everything for you. And when you're like, so if you're going through a shitty day, right? If I'm going through a shitty day, what I, what I normally do is, like environment is everything for me that's what that that's what i believe is yes. and you like yeah as you said you found a really good environment for yourself online through facebook and that brought you to a better environment offline or an equally good environment offline and that helped change your life but like environment online offline is everything for me as you can see now like there's no arguing i mean I mean, there's arguing because it's the internet and everybody argues, but it's very hard to argue a strong point that the, your online environment right now is not fucking you up. If you're panic ridden, if you're anxiety ridden, it's it, like you go onto Facebook and you're looking for answers and it's freaking you out more, right? So that's like an environment yep. that's playing to, that's hurting your mental health at the moment, as opposed to if you were like, if you were just like not going online and you were playing games with friends and you were with people that weren't freaked out and talking about the virus and what not, that's a positive environment. Right. Person in scenario B is likely going to be uh, 
not as emotionally challenged right now as, a per, as opposed to the person in scenario A, but we always love to flirt with danger. So it's like going, oh, I'll just have a fucking peek. I'll just read one more article. I've got this. I've got this under control. And before you know it, you're quivering. Yes. Yep. And you're going, fucking help me. I can't take this anymore. Well, so there, there's things you can do to help with that. So for one is I don't watch any news. I don't subscribe. Like my feed is generally very positive. So the people on my friends list are good people who share good positive stuff. If they don't, I unfriend them or unfollow them so I don't see it. Yeah. Now, even even the most positive people are sharing stuff about the virus. Yeah. So <laughs> that gets to be a bit much. And um, I, I just recently took my first social media break ever. And um, I thought that I would be super anxious and nervous about it because it's it's my lifeline. Like, I live in California alone. I work alone and I don't have a lot of in-person friends. So um, I really expected it to be super challenging and it wasn't. It was actually very refreshing. So what I'm doing now is trying to be more purposeful of, you know, checking in the morning and and maybe making my post for the day and then um, closing out those apps on my um my phone and my computer until the end of the day. I do 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes before bed, no screen time. I also have timers on my um, phone. And actually after my break, I shut down all the apps on my phone and I moved my social media window. I have an iPhone from page one to page 11. So I have to like, (laughs) I have a shit ton of apps. It's ridiculous. So in order to get into it, the system says, you know, you've reached your limit. Do you want to? And so I can um, look at it 15 minutes at a time. So the system will will only give me you can do one minute, 15 minutes, an hour or for the rest of the day. And I'm just doing it in 15 minutes. It's actually on the iPhone. It's a screen limit um, in your settings. Okay, I'm going to look for that. Um, yeah, it's really, really helpful. And the other thing that I started doing this like a year and a half ago when I started the no um, no social media first thing in the morning. So I didn't, my phone wouldn't turn on any notifications until after 9 a.m. And so that was nice to be able to wake up and not see like 100 emails waiting and all these messenger messages. So it zero notifications i get up i walk i drink my coffee and then i'll think about looking at the notifications i think that's really strong um like you're being proactive in the morning instead of being reactive before this all unfolded i would go to yoga at seven o'clock in the morning so i the alarm would be set for half six i'm up i'm out i'm not i've no time to look at my phone or anything like that so it's not till I'm sitting yep. down at my desk at about 8.30 that I'll have a quick scan through my email or other other shit that needs attention. And then yep. I go from there and I have my tasks laid out and stuff like that. So that was working really well. And then, of course, the virus hit and um, routine is kind of like fallen. Yeah, I... I have learned how valuable structure is to me. As much as I hate structure, I need it. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Big sigh. Fuck, I need it. I I really don't like it, but I do need it. Um... I have an inappropriate <laughs> joke boiling over in my head now. I'm not going to share it. <laughs> but um, it, it's important. So, again, and I, you know, I've let it fall by the last week. You're just trying to come to terms with everything. You know. So I'm just back into, back into it now. And um, I don't even know what day it is today, actually. It's Monday, it's, isn't it? It's Sunday. Well, it's, no, Monday, it's Monday or Monday. Monday. Yeah, it's yeah, Sunday for yeah. me. So I'm back I, into it. Well, week. and that's what's so weird. Like, I don't even know what day it is normally because they're all the same to me. Like, I had someone say to me last week, oh, but it's Friday. I'm like, so, like, literally every day is the same to me. And this has been my life for the past five years for the most part. I generally do some work every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the typical structured environment do you ever miss that of a regular job do you ever miss that yes and no yeah yeah i do i miss the people the most same here um and i'm and i miss as much as i love being an entrepreneur and your life your your life is your job and your job is your life so i like that i can just be me wherever i am which is cool that is cool um but what I don't like is that there isn't a set on, like, my son is a perfect example of this. He is a very good salesman. He works very hard at his job when he's at work. And when he's not at work, he's never thinking about work. He's enjoying himself to the fullest, mm-hmm. like, literally enjoying himself to the fullest and a lot of times that looks like just hanging out on the couch watching cartoons and not feeling guilty about it my problem is when i try to hang out on the couch and watch something i feel like oh i should be working or i should be doing this or Mm. i should be doing that like if i had a a nine to five for the most part i wouldn't be like when i was in bed i didn't feel guilty about not working Mm mm-hmm you know, all those years I spent in bed, I felt guilty about all the other shit I wasn't doing, but I never felt guilty about work. Um, so that's something I haven't really reconciled yet. And I, I have for the first time considering getting a more regular job. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I'm yeah, I definitely, I think I, I, uh, uh, one of the more interesting things that's going to come out of this well, not more interesting. I mean, everything's going to shit, but like, I think <laughs> a lot of people are fighting for the right to work from home and say they don't want to go to the office and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would have been one of those people. I have not mm-hmm. worked in an office for four years or something, and mm-hmm. I miss it greatly. Yeah. Even in the jobs I didn't like because I like the people. Right. Like I didn't have to like yes. all the people, but right. it's, we, we take it for granted. Just as much as we yep. take hugging and high-fiving people and Absolutely. being able to walk out of your house and buy a coffee for granted, right? <laughs> I think, I think 
I think people are going to realize, I think, you know, I mean, obviously it's a terrible thing for the economy, but I think people are going to realize just how much of a blessing it is to go into your place of work on a, on a daily basis and like have that rapport and have that relationship with um, your fellow employees. Um, obviously right. it's not great if you hate your boss, but and you should be looking elsewhere. But just that to have, like I, I think back to the first, like, you know, the first pr proper job I, I had when I worked in market research for f five years. And it was such a cool company and the people were so awesome. And I was here going, like I got on with almost everybody. Um, yeah. And it was a small company and I was just like, you know, I was depressed back then and really anxious and shit like that. So I was like, but, thinking back it was just like it was so nice to go in and, and have those relationships and you know have that rapport with people where you're on your own you're here going like this is a bit fucking shit <laughs> you know what i mean i do i know exactly uh, what you mean <laughs> i don't want to be a debbie downer but i'm here going like this is really a bit shit I don't like, you yeah. know, I like writing, but I don't want to spend all my days just with the thoughts in my head. They're not great uh, right. at the best of times. Um, so, yeah, it's something that I, I, I've really missed. And um, Have you ever had a Zoom conference where you just work with someone? Like, you're not really talking to them, but you're both just doing your job. Well, I go to, to I, I go to, I, I do. So two things, I did a, like a Zoom support call with people who are taking the, the Free Your Mind program. Um, so yep. I do them like we had, usually it's just, this is the first time doing the Zoom thing. We had like six to eight people on a call last week, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. I've never done anything like that mm -hmm. before. And it was, it was a fun thing to lead and just kind of talk about the impending doom and people's fears and um anxiety around it that was fun now i do go to well obviously i'm not right now but i do go to a co-working space um, okay where I, I i i become familiar but it's it's not the same there's um <clears throat> i used to really like it and i had some good friends in there um it's very fleeting there's uh, mm -hmm. uh, the staff. I the staff. I, I, I love, but it's 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 mm -hmm. like you know it's it's massive and it's like fleeting, fleeting, fleeting. And I got to a stage like where I was here. Go, I've been here the longest out of everybody actually, and I just like my desire to make any effort has has, um, has dwindled. Um, mm -hmm. because everybody is like we're all selfish beings um, but like everybody's like just really just there to sort their shit out and, and work on their business right. or work on their goals which I don't begrudge them but it just doesn't like if you're in if you're working for a company um, there's a common you're goal you're not so attached to it you're still going to work hard hopefully and do the very best you can for your job and for your employers who are guaranteeing you that check at the end of the week. 
but or the month or whatever but like there isn't that like you know it's not all about you it's more there's more right. there's more banter to be had there's just more it's just more fun and i i i think that like this you know like Ty Lopez and Grant Cardo and all these really annoying people on the internet are just like <clears throat> putting out first of all they don't give a fuck about anyone else but themselves and the and the, the money in their bank account but I think like everyone's saying like entrepreneurship it has to be entrepreneurship right and like the, the copywriting is so good now you, you get to understand this when you, you really study it as well like the fear that they're able to, to, to put in you, like, oh, shit, I better set up my own business. Shit, if I don't do this, I'm going to, I'm going to, right. be, I'm going to be a junkie on the streets. You know, they're, they're my only kind of two options. And um, it's, it's, it's being put out by a lot of people. And, like, there's some of the higher ones that pop up in my YouTube ads sometimes that really annoy me. But there's a lot of people doing it. And... And I think there's massive negative consequence to that. I think that like, if you're telling everybody that your only option is to start your own business, and they're using coronavirus now as a now is the time to start your own business, blah oh, blah yeah. blah. You're going like, well, that's really fucking hard, and ninety nine point nine percent of businesses fail. I don't know the exact number. I'm sure it's a lot higher now than it was before the internet right. uh, entrepreneurs like call what you like uh, people who try to set up their own business are far four times more likely to suffer with like mental health issues or to commit suicide you know so like what the fuck are you talking about what, like why are you saying right. all this it's clearly like you, you, you think you're giving out a really positive message I don't think you do. I think you're only thinking about the, the program you're selling. But like, if the statistics are right, then only 0.1% of your followers are gonna win. And then you just like, you clearly don't give a shit about the other 99.9% .9 who 25% right. of them are gonna suffer for, with mental health issues as, as a direct right. response to the bullshit information you've been giving them. I don't know the answer, Definitely. but I think the answer is still like I still th I think if there's one good thing to come out of this shit show, it's that we're going to understand how much better it is to be together and work together. Yeah, no and, question. And, uh, no question. Yeah. I, that's one thing I've really been thinking about during this time is um, how nice it would be to have an employer that had my back um right now so yeah. with benefits and and pay and all that good stuff how nice that would be <laughs> and then also you know the the universe has us you know like i i have been through some really shitty shit in my life like really challenging times and i always come out ahead and i think that's the most important thing like this this that sometimes we don't even know that we have doesn't come out until these really, really challenging times. Yeah. And um, it's beautiful when you get to the other side. It's just the um, getting to the other side. And sometimes that's a moment by moment 
Yeah, it's a step-by-step process, right? There's not a magic wand. No matter how many people are promising you that, like it's not just something. Yeah, no. Especially if this is something you've endured for a long time. I do think that people with like who are experiencing anxiety for the first time in their life today because of coronavirus is like, well, yeah, you're actually in a pretty fortunate position if you could just like take a second and listen and take the right advice and go in the right direction and understand it a little bit better. But if it's been underlying and you've been struggling for years, then there ain't no, you know, you got to push through some pretty stubborn, stubborn walls that are going to bring up heightened anxiety or heightened depression. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up too. That was, that was a big part of my book in that. So when I first recovered from depression and got to the point where I could go off of all of my meds, I claimed um, a brilliant transformation. And in fact, that was the name of my first business. Um, and when when you get to a point where the depression and anxiety isn't a normal part of your daily life, you think you're done. It's good. You know, I did anyway. I don't know if everyone thinks this way, but I'm no, like, yeah, okay, I'm sure. golden. I'm never going to have this problem again. Well, I can tell you that I did. And... Um, it came back with a vengeance. Like it was really, really challenging for me. And um, so it is the process of recovery. And and when I say recovery, I think everybody's recovering from something. Um, We traditionally think of recovery as recovery from drugs or alcohol, but I think uh, mental health is a recovery process as well. Um, Is that what, it's a lifelong process and it's it's part of who we are and we continue on a deep level new ways to deal with it i don't know if anyone is ever really cured um if anyone is ever really perfect and doesn't deal with these issues again mm-hmm. at least i came yeah, back mean... um <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We can only speak. We, I, I, I agree. I mean, we can only speak to our own experiences. I do believe. Right. I do believe there are many people that get out and never endure it, endure it again, um, because of their environment and and how things unfold unfold and, and all of a sudden just things work in their favor and whatever happens and everything's great um they're still susceptible though the way i think about it is or the way i was thinking about it's just there when you when you were mentioning it is right like so if someone gets diagnosed with cancer today right and they beat it with chemo or they or they're, they're operated the tumor gets taken out and they're given the all clear and they still have to go up for they still have to go for a biopsy every six months, right? So there's still the threat of it right. of it coming back, but now it's been monitored, right? So I've never mm-hmm. been diagnosed with, with with cancer, right? So I don't know anything about it. I, it would be idiotic of me to speak about it, right? Like except for this analogy, which may right. be idi- idiotic anyway. But I don't know anything about it, right? But I. I still can get diagnosed with cancer tomorrow. 
Right. And then I'm going to know about it. And I'll never forget about it unless I get Alzheimer's or something right. later on. I'm fighting, you know. So and then it's right. there. It's there with me. It always has a threat of coming back. But for those who haven't experienced mental health issues, there's always a threat, right? If, if you know, even the person who is the most put together person you would ever think, if, if their life kind of crumbles, uh, it's likely they're going to deal with some shit and their mental health will be tested, right? right? So right. it's very, and what you were mentioning is like, is, is essentially um, recall and complacency. Like you're not gonna forget, like these are dark times. Like we can't just mm -hmm. do some voodoo shit and, and you're into witchcraft, so you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't do some True. voodoo shit and just erase your memory. That would be great, but there's also science. There's also like, you know, if you read books on trauma, it lives with you and you have to work with it as trying to, you know, trying to erase it isn't going to do any good. Right. So tell us about this. Trust witchcraft. me, I tried to erase it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> what is witchcraft? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I just think there's some magical stuff out there and I am learning how much control we really have over our destiny. Are you saying you're not going around putting hexes on people and stuff like that? Oh, hell no. No, absolutely not. No, no, not. It really doesn't have anything to do with other people. It's more about how we show up and um, what we think and what we project in the world. Like, um, we just have so much more power than we think. And unfortunately, we use it often for the negative. So it was, you know, we talked earlier about fighting for the stigma of mental health, you know, it's, it's where are we going to put our focus? Are we going to put our focus on the positive? Or are we going to put our focus on the negative? So I really try hard to be vigilant with my thoughts, because and, and words, like, oh, yeah, um, sure. I'm a huge words person. And so using your your words and thoughts in the most powerful way that you can. Mm -hmm. That's, that. I mean, that's really all I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's just being very, very intentional with your thoughts and the words that you speak because they're, they're spells, you know, like okay. the words that you use. It makes sense now. I understand what you're talking about. Your words essentially become your reality, and if you're putting yep. out negative words on yourself onto others all the time, that's what you're going to believe. Um, yep. So that's that's great. I think that's a great lesson with it within itself. Mm -hmm. What is the the you talk about like what's the biggest message you want people to receive from this book? <clears throat> The biggest message is that we are like, and I'm, I mean that like being open Shit. to being led. The, the, um, the internet dropped out there. It's kind of an important part of the conversation. <laughs> I'm like, so, <laughs> sorry. 
I just heard we are and then it was like, oh, that's the most important <laughs> oh, word. So if you can go okay. again, sorry about that. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about dance, like an enjoyable dance with other people is is together, it's connected, it's moving, and we are led or we can be led when we allow ourselves to be. Uh-huh. So like one of the things that happened in dance lessons is my instructor was literally just moving my arms around and it was it was uncomfortable for me because I had to be loose and I had to be free and allow him to move me the way that he wanted me to position me. And I think that when we are free and when we are clear, when we are open, when we show up, when we're poised, when we're on the floor, and when I say on the floor, I mean like you're in the arena, like you're doing the, the shit, right? The universe can lead us where we're needed most and position us the best way that we can. So like the best example I had of being led is a, a young partner I met in dance class. He literally were trying to dance and I kept overturning and stepping and misstepping. And he said to me, I've got you. And when he said that, it was like a trigger went off in my mind and I was like, okay, He's got me, so I'm going to let him lead. And when he did that, if I overstepped, he had a good enough hold on me to pull me back. And he opened up a space for me to walk into and do a crossbody lead like like I was a princess just walking into this space. Like he's setting me up to succeed and to look good and for others to be able to see and feel this dance, right? That's what the universe does for us. The universe is always setting us up to succeed when we're not controlling, when we're open, when we're flexible and willing to go where we need to go. Ah, I love it. That's a beautiful link. So that's it. That's the main thing. And just keep on dance, like just keep on dance and allow yourself to be led. And now, in this time that we're in, like this is a huge lead from the universe. I don't know where it's gonna go, I don't know where I'm gonna end up, but I'm trusting it's gonna be good. Good for you. Thank you so much for sharing. It's a, it, I, I, I love talking to you. It's always a blast. Where can people find the book? And where can they find you? Doing your magic so my, when you're not my website is, I know. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up. I have been doing uh, virtual dance parties every week oh, yeah. on Wednesdays. Yes. So my Facebook page is called Transcend Dance. And there's a space between Transcend and Dance. So that's where you can find the Facebook events. Those are on uh, Wednesday nights. We've been having a blast. Yeah, do. Um, We've got a disco ball I set up in the kitchen. And we've had, I think we had nine people the first time. 
um, I want to do one that's like formal, like we're dressed up, like we're going to the club. I'm going to do that on a Friday night because nobody's getting dressed up anymore. Like people aren't even wearing bras or pants. So um, I think it'd be fun to show up in dresses. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. The Kindle edition is only $1.99. Um, and that was supposed to be just during the launch, but because of the coronavirus and um, Amazon is delaying the paperback shipment. Oh, yeah. And um, I wanted just to make it available. So it's $1.99. And uh, my website is uncorped, C-O-R-P-E-D. And I mean that like I have a 25-year history in corporate America, um, but I am out of that. Uncorped. I like um, it. Uh, it's Uncorped Influence is the name of the website, Uncorped Influence. Don't My son was it. like, what the hell is that? And then when I explained it to him, he's like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Okay, cool. I, yeah. I will link, everything will be linked in the show notes so you can go grab the book on Amazon, show your support, you get an awful lot out of it. There's an awful lot to be gained clearly from dancing um, and just finding what works for you and um, how to release those negative emotions and kind of find uh, get yourself on the path to more positive shit. Thank you so yes. much, Melissa. It's been an absolute Thank pleasure you. talking to you. Good to see you and talk with you again. I appreciate you.